We are downtown. We are historic. We are family. We are scriptural. We are First Baptist Church. Amen. If you would turn with me to our scripture reading for today, it is in Judges chapter 7, and we're going, to re- we're going to read aloud together verses 12 through 14. So let's stand and let us read. This then is the text for today. Now the Midianites and the Amalekites and all the sons of the east were lying in the valley as numerous as locusts, and their camels were without number, as numerous as the sand on the seashore. When Gideon came, behold, a man was relating a dream to his friend, and he said, Behold, I had a dream. A loaf of barley bread was tumbling into the camp of Midian, and it came to the tent and struck it so that it fell and turned it upside down so that the tent lay flat. His friend replied, This is nothing less than the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash, a man of Israel. God has given Midian and all the camp into his hand. May God bless the reading of his word. You know, at some point, the numbers are just too large. It's like in competition. There there comes a point in the competition where you just sort of wave the white flag. I remember Coach Popovich uh, would do this. And sometimes he would take heat for it. It's where you're in the basketball game, you're in the fourth quarter, And you know, if you're down 20 points, you're down 25 points, sometimes it's easier just to throw throw in the towel and wait for the next day. And um, sometimes the Spurs would do that. It just wasn't worth the effort. And so you'd get ready for the next battle, you save the legs of your players and shut it down. The numbers were just too great to continue. The odds are stacked against you. And so what is that number? What, what is the miracle number? So let's, let's take basketball. Uh, what's the number, the number of points and the amount of time that if, if you came back and won, it would be a miracle? I don't know, would it be uh, down 10 points with a minute left? You know, Reggie Miller once had eight points in nine seconds against the Knicks. So how long can you extrapolate that out? I mean, can he score 16 points in 18 seconds? Can he score 32 points in 36 seconds? At at some point, you come to a number that it is humanly impossible to win. A miracle number. A number that when you see it, you don't believe it. That that when when you, you see it happen, you can't imagine a human being doing such a thing as this. What is that miracle number? See, today we're dealing with miracle numbers. Now, we've already had one side of the equation. Last week, we had one side of this equation when Gideon told, uh, excuse me, when God told Gideon to reduce his army. Earlier in Judges chapter 7, Gideon has some 32,000 men ready for battle, and God says, that's too many. 
God whittles that number down to 300, 1% of the forces that Gideon had had before. And, and God does this for a very specific reason. In fact, if you look with me back up at Judges chapter 7, verse 2, God says why this is. So Judges 7, 2, the Lord says to Gideon, the people who are with you are too many for me to give Midian into their hands. For Israel would become too boastful, saying, my own power has delivered me. You see, 32,000 isn't a miracle number. 32,000, you pull off victory, you say, look at what we've done. 32,000 is a human achievement. 300, though. Only God could do such a mighty work with so few. Now, practically, though, that, that was last week. And that's only one side of the equation we're talking about. That's not really the miracle number that we're talking about this morning. The other side of the equation is what we just read in Judges chapter 7, verse 12. This was the beginning of the reverse text for this week. And let me point you back there. Judges 7, verse 12, the Midianites, the Amalekites, all the sons of the east are lying in the valley. And, and listen to how it describes them. It doesn't give us a specific number here. It doesn't tell us thousands upon thousands or tens of thousands. But it, but it gives us these... <clears throat> analogies. And it says they were as numerous as locusts. It was as if they were just everywhere, even all across the horizon. Everywhere you looked, there was the enemy army so much so that this looks unconquerable. There is no way we can handle the amount of people that are standing in front of us. Whatever the number is, this is a miracle number. Because if we pull this off, this is the hand of God. No human being could do what is about to happen. And it even goes even further. It doesn't just stop there with the, with the amount of soldiers that are gathering uh, over the horizon. But, but it, it even tells us how many camels they have, or at least gives us a metaphor here, right? That, and their camels were without number, as numerous as the sand on the seashore. It almost sounds like, I'm not sure this is the case, but it, it almost sounds like they're scared of their camels. See, the more, they have more camels than we have people. And when you see these moments where the invading army has more camels than we have people, it's so easy for the flesh to take over, and it's so easy for our flesh just to wither at the number of camels that we see in front of us. It's just like the sand on the seashore. They don't even give us a number because there's so many. And they said, this would be a miracle. We can't even get past the wall of camels they have standing over there. Like, what are we supposed to do now? You see, this is the kind of thing the flesh does within us. The flesh, we can't even get past the camels. What are we supposed to do? God, how did you get us in a moment like this? And we question reality and think this is impossible. We're quaking at the miracle number. But we have good reason to quake at the miracle number. Because even as God has spoken before, this group of 300 they, they have, there's no way they are incapable of defeating the army that stands in front of them. And, and God has come back, and this is what he's already told us in Judges, earlier in Judges 7. He's saying, that's the point. That's exactly the point. You can't defeat them, but I can. And if it was any more, you would think this, you could do, do this in your own power, but you can't. You can't do any of this in your own power. You have to trust the Lord, your God. And if you trust the power and authority and wisdom of our God, anything is possible. You see, God had moved them into this miracle number to prove a point. In the miraculous, God was going to prove who he was and what he's about. But you know, sometimes, I get it, sometimes even in myself, I see this, the flesh can't handle those things. 
The flesh just can't process the impossible task that lies in front of us in the kingdom of God. And often we buckle under the evil imaginations of our hearts that can only produce dreams of our own slaughter. And when we come to these points where we can only imagine dreams of our own slaughter, we are to look up to the Lord and say, save me, Father, I am incapable. You know, I, I can't imagine being in some of these other scenarios we find in the Old Testament. Just imagine with me Exodus chapter 14. Then as Exodus chapter 14, Israel has, has left Egypt. They've been slaves in Egypt and they're, they're called out. And now in Exodus 14, they're, they're caught with no way out. In Exodus 14, 9, it tells us that, 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 that Pharaoh sent all of the Egyptian army after them, all of his horses, all of his chariots. And then earlier in the text, it says, but, but not only that, of all of the army and all the chariots and everything that are chasing down Israel from Egypt, it says Pharaoh sent 600 of his select chariots, the elite, the best of the best, all of them, 600 of them went chasing down Israel. And why are we given that number? We're given that number because it's the miracle number. 600 was too many. 600 chariots would round Israel up like cattle. And there were even more than that coming for them. So what, what do you do when you're caught between certain death and, and, a, and this burgeoning army that's upon you and you see them on one side and you see the Red Sea on the other? What do you do? What are you left with? Because your own power and your own abilities are gone. There's nothing left to do in and of yourself. Where do you go? What is the answer? Or what's the answer when you walk into the promised land and you find nothing but walled cities you are ill-equipped to occupy? I mean, what's the answer? See, when Israel walked up to Jericho, the miracle number was somewhere between 13 and 40. Because as you, you looked at the walls around the city of Jericho, they were varying height, and depending on how you measured from where they built them up from, they, they started about 13 feet, and some of them reached over 40 feet high into the air. Th these were heights, even the smallest heights, when you're talking 13 feet, these were heights they couldn't scale to find victory. Their army was not capable. capable. There was no way they could. And when you find yourself in these, these instances where there's no way you can, what do you do? What is the answer? What was the answer for Israel? And you know, you, you might think we would come to this quicker than we do because you can recognize these pat patterns in ancient Israel. It's happening over and over again. And they, they fell into the same sort, sort of cycles. See, the same thing happened up against the Philistine army. You remember in 1 Samuel 17, on, on one side of a valley up on a mountain, you have the Philistine army. Then across the valley up on the other side, you have the, the army of Israel. And, and the miracle number that day that we find in 1 Samuel 17 is six cubits plus. Six cubits plus is, we, we get all the stats all around there. We, we get Goliath's height, which is the six cubits plus, which is about nine feet, nine inches tall. We get the weight of his armor, which is something around 150 pounds he was carrying on him that day, and the weight of his spear. And, and all of these numbers that you lay out in front of Israel against the Philistines, they're all miracle numbers. They, they can't take any of it. They can't take the Philistines. They can't take Goliath. These are miracle numbers that are too great for them to accomplish on their own. See, what is the answer when life is too much? What is the, the answer when you're faced with problems and you're faced with numbers beyond your ability? Because the answer isn't just to wither and die. There is an answer in the word of God. There is an answer for us from God himself that says when, when you have come to the end and you're caught between the sea and the army, there is an answer that comes from the hand of God that's greater than anything that you could possibly imagine.
You know, you hear the same thing in the New Testament, not just the Old Testament. We come to the New Testament, I think of Peter too. Acts chapter 12, Peter is, is, is working in the early church and they're making progress. The Holy Spirit is moving in the church and, and we see the gospel is taking steps forward. They're, they're taking the treasure of the gospel and carrying it all over the region and they're, they're seeing victory after victory. And in the middle of all of that, Peter is thrown into jail. He's thrown into jail for the sake of the gospel. And they don't just throw him in jail. They don't just chain him up. But in Acts chapter 12, it says the, the powers that be assigned four soldiers to guard him. And they would rotate four soldiers out so that he was guarded 24 hours a day. He was in chains. He had a soldier on his right, a soldier on his left, two soldiers in front of him at the door of the jail. He was going nowhere. This is a miracle number, number four. So how, do, how does our flesh want to respond how does your flesh want to, want to respond when, when you're doing your best to be obedient to the Christ, yet you still end up in prison? You still end up chained. You're still caught up between four guards 24 hours a day, and you, you see these miracle numbers around you that we can't handle. How do we respond? What is the answer? You see, there's one more. Jesus Christ was hanging on the cross, surrounded by a miracle number. You know, he'd already visited with Herod. He'd already visited with Pilate. Surrounded by a mob, he's surrounded by Israel's leaders, he's surrounded by soldiers, he's surrounded by criminals. I, I don't know how many people were there that day, maybe thousands upon thousands. But whatever the number, the whole lot of them are about to witness a miracle. Because this scene, more than any other scene in all the scripture, looks like defeat. And there would have been nothing more devastating or more devastating loss for humanity than Jesus Christ being wiped off the face of this earth. And it looks like in this moment as Jesus Christ is hanging on the cross, it looks like Christianity has had its 15 minutes of fame and the world is about to get back to its normal way of life. That Jesus would be dead and his story would be over. And you see, that's what it looks like at first glance. When you look at that scene in the scriptures, at first glance, Jesus Christ is done for. It is over. There is no way he comes back from this. You see, as humanity looks at this scene, there is no way you come back from death. Death is final. Death is over. This is it for the Christ. They don't have to hear from him ever again. But at this very moment, at the cross of Jesus Christ, we stand at the crossroads of our own inadequacies and God's compassion. You see, this dark day was victory. It was victory uh, over all, over sin, over Satan, over evil, and our flesh would quiver at the numbers. But victory is in the hand of God. You see, there's no earthly thing created, there's no created thing that could strip God of his victory. N not even death, the product of sin, could hold Jesus Christ in the tomb because God has won. The victory has been set. See, where God's grace met our inadequacy, we know victory in Jesus Christ. You are incapable, you are inadequate, and that is okay because Jesus Christ has covered them all with his blood at the cross. Your fail failures have been forgiven in the body and blood of Jesus Christ. So when we come back to this scene in Judges chapter seven, this scene here is absurd. 
And what we picture in the rest of this text is you've got, you've got 300 men. They're carrying these pitchers that are kind of like vases that, that, are, that are holding torches in one hand. They've got trumpets uh, in the other hand. And they're marching towards an army with so many cam camels they couldn't count them. And then they step in. And they win the battle with their trumpets and their torches. See, God causes so much confusion among the enemy that they start to fight one another and they just start running. You see, the, the answer, the answer was God himself. A, a battle that looks so absurdly catastrophic becomes a moment of glory for the kingdom of God. And that's what we can, that's what we know in our lives. Things that look impossibly catastrophic become times that God gets the credit and God receives the glory for his work in this earth. You know, and I know our hearts have trouble with circumstances beyond our control. We, we've seen that over the last year and a half, how often we have been taken aback because we've lost control. We've lost control of what's going on around us. We've, we've lost control of our comings and our goings. And it's a struggle for us. But when we're in control, God doesn't get the credit. In this battle, it's unfolding for Gideon in Judges chapter 7. This wasn't about Gideon. This was about the Lord. This battle was God's glory. This was God's victory. And that's what we need to understand. Our work in the, in the kingdom of God is about who God is. It's about God's glory. And the work of this church is about God's credit and what God's up to and what God is doing. It is about him and his kingdom. You know, the same was true in the Exodus. God's power is put on display when Israel is pressed up against the sea by a number of chariots that they could never defeat. And God won them a victory beyond themselves. Or Jericho, the walls crumbled at the will of God. Goliath fell because God was at work in David. And we look at Acts chapter 12. So look back at Peter with you. Turn with me to Acts chapter 12. So in Acts chapter 12, we're, we're going to read 5 through 7. So, so Peter is there imprisoned, uh, caught between four guards. So Acts 12 verse 5. So Peter was kept in the prison, but prayer for him was being made fervently by the church of God. So don't miss that. The church is praying diligently for Peter. Then verse 6, on the very night when Herod was about to bring him forward, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains, and guards in front of the door were watching over the prison. And behold, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared, and a light shone in the cell and struck Peter's side and woke him up, saying, get up quickly. And his chains fell off his hands. You see, Peter had nowhere else to go. And when Peter had nowhere else to go, God intervenes. When, when we fall into our own inadequacy and recognize there's nothing more we can offer, that there's nothing that we can do in our own strength, God picks up and, and runs and intervenes with a mighty glory that we can't even imagine. You know, there's days where we feel like there's nowhere else to go. And on those days when we feel like there's nowhere else to go, that is when you are ripe for the work of God. You see, when we start to recognize that we can't do this in our own power, that's when you're ready for the work of God. When we recognize that we are inadequate, that's when you're ready to see a miracle at God's hand. You see, it's in these very moments when, when life feels like it's at an end, and it takes a miracle 
that God's kingdom moves forward. You know, there are far too many of us who are still fighting as if we think we can make it on our own way. There's still too many of us fighting that, that we think that we can, we can make it in our own strength, that we haven't yet recognized that our strengths are our inadequacy. And that the work of God is manifested when we no longer rely on our own strength, that we have faith in a God who can part the sea and overcome the grave. You see, we can, we can trust Him and move forward with Him. Life moves with the kingdom of God. And God is, is a God who has always conquered those evils that overwhelm us. What we three, see through the pages of Scripture and what we have seen in our recent days is when evil rises up, God conquers. When we need to be delivered, the hand of God is mighty, bringing victory when we can only see defeat. If only we would give up fighting in our own strength and surrender our lives to God. And would you do that very thing this morning? Would you surrender to God and say, I am wholly, completely yours. I'm tired of operating in my own strength. I'm tired of operating in my own wisdom. Lord, I am yours and pull me forward into your kingdom. Surrender to the Lord and see victory where you once thought there was defeat. First Baptist Church has been broadcasting its services of new life and historic faith for 46 years. We would like to ask that you continue to pray with us for this ministry and also for your financial support so that we can continue this ministry for years to come. Thank you.